from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. We're, I'm, you know, we're flying by the seat of our pants today. Justine just got in, picked, uh, fixed herself a plate of cold chicken, and she's hey, here. She's ready to up. go. What? I heated it up. Oh, you made, you made it sound <laughs> like you were eating this just plate of cold I told chicken. You I had to heat it up for like ten seconds. I got it was um, Costco chicken. Like some kind of <laughs> like some kind of Dickensian orphan. You were just eating. <laughs> Dickens. I love that. Well, that's why I was late. I would have been on time, but I had to wait just a few seconds for the microwave to hurry Justine, up. you're never late. You're like a wizard. You're never late. You arrive always when you mean to. <laughs> nah, I'm Filipino. Yeah. I'm I'm late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, I just quoted uh, uh, Harry Potter there. He arrives precisely uh, when he means to. Yep, that's Harry Potter. Lord of the Rings. Same thing. Uh, so... Guys, we have a lot. Uh, John's here, by the way. Jake is here. Justine is here. Patrick not here again. Work has called him away. Justine had to work at three thirty in the morning. She three. just she just got home three o'clock, three thirty. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, I mean, you took a meal period, right? Uh, no. You didn't inventory. Oh, your management. You don't get a meal period. I had to make sure everyone was counting. So was camming. Nope. All you have to do is count. What is the problem? I don't know. Like. How hard is it to count? I don't know. You okay, man? Let it all out. Let it all out. This is this is a time Tell for it. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. This is the time for it right <laughs> now. One more, one more day. Like uh, two days ago, I was at a different store, and then today I'm at this other store, and then next week there's another one. It's tiring. So when you when walk you in, up. when you walk I in, I worked in my store one day. And then I haven't been there since. When you wow. walk into these stores, these various stores, and you're obviously your reputation for the podcast precedes you, how are you received? Are people like, holy shit, that's the girl from the superiority complex? Like, she's probably going to give me a six right now if I don't do my, oh my work. Oh my God, that's just, that's just Steenie Weenie. Give me a six. Yeah. Can you- <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, give him a six? <laughs> yeah. You can count to six. We're great. Let's just keep going. It's inventory. Keep counting. Yeah, exactly. That's how we feel about your ratings. If you can count to six, keep going. What's the deal? Why are we stopping? What's wrong? Why are we stopping? These are tens. These are tens. How's Patrick doing? Is he okay? Uh, He hasn't had a day off since the second. Oh, my wow. God. Oh, shit. God, that's wow. Rough. He's exhausted. But um, one, his manager, one of them came back on a... Um, Monday and his other one is starting to bail on him, but he was like, "Dude, I haven't had a day off." Patrick Can needs you- to remind some remind someone that he is white and should not be treated this way. He is. This is not sounds about white. <laughs> See, uh, you know, somebody doesn't get a day off for like two weeks. Eventually, they're going to like nod off at the wheel or something. Of course. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. He's going to be okay. It's not. It's not safe. Is he okay though? I think he's just tired. Yeah, tired of being admired. Tired yeah. of this bullshit. Um, I, this company you work for does not. I do not want to. I do not want to give this company any of my business, just because of the way they treat you and Patrick. I mean, somewhat. I have four days off um, starting Friday. Yeah, that's very nice. And then I think Patrick was taking the same time off too. Okay. Well, that's not a vacation then. If you're spending it together, 
Like if well, one, no, he has he starts on Thursday. If one of you could be off while the other one's working, that's like a nice little. It is a nice day, right? Yeah, yeah. You just <laughs> not all the time. Peace and quiet. No one's fighting at the TV with me. And, and you know, it's, uh-huh. and my wife will agree. If my wife were here, she would agree. Sometimes you need that time by yourself. You just need that just a little time where you can just be by yourself and reflect. The worst part is when you're being lazy, and then they come home, and you're like, "Damn, I was going to do all these things without you." But yeah, now I got to. Or they, or the other person <laughs> wants to do something, and you don't want to do anything. Oh, Patrick would agree with you on that. That's yeah. Uh, let's just sit here. Hmm. Wow, being single is great. I guess. Yeah, John. <laughs> You can do whatever you want. I notice your bed is all nice and neat and folded. Look at that. Yo, John's he has a very... his blanket at the edge of the bed folded. Who, Look at that? that. Who's that, Jake? Yeah. Well, because, you yeah. know, he probably has a, a bevy of, you know, different... He's not an abdomen. Yeah, he's not he has an his whites. He's uh, separating his clothes there with his laundry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. The lizard judges yeah, someone him. Watched Whoa, someone watched Malcolm X. Whoa, there you go. <laughs> hey. Someone did watch Malcolm yeah, X, yeah. yeah. You got to be, be clean in spirit and body. That's it. Mm-hmm. You're a temple. From now, on, from now on, there'll be no more junk food. Also, the, the lizard judges him if he doesn't have the bed made, so. Did we lose you? No. He's lagging. Who, me? Lagging. The audio was. Uh, oh, that's weird. Because I hear you guys just fine. Yeah, it's fine. How is it now? It's great. Yeah. Couldn't be better. Oh, good, good, good. We have, you know what? So much happens. It's a, the last week we talked about losing Betty White. And then in the interim, I get a text from John about the J- Peter Bogdanovich, who kind of went uh, unspoken. That was kind of unspoken because immediately after we lost Sidney Poitier. And then uh, to a generation of, of people that are younger than me, Justine's age, uh, their TV dad, Bob Saget, uh, mm-hmm. who many of us know from uh, America. Uh, we would know him just as a filthy, filthy comic, uh, which is great. Uh, it's funny when that happens. Um, like Groucho died a couple of days after Elvis, I think. And so you get lost in the crush. You know, they're like, yeah, whatever. Elvis died, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, Farrah Fawcett, I think, died like the day after Michael Jackson. It was the same thing. It's like, Ugh. yeah, whatever. We're still mourning Michael Jackson, so it's like sometimes you get you get sort of like missed in the crush. But uh, yeah. I'm still wearing a, a black armband for Peter Bogdan. Oh yeah, of course. Well, he directed one of our unanimously favorite movies here on the podcast, and John's one of John's yeah. favorites. Uh, well, Paper Moon, Paper Moon. He was the director of Paper oh, Moon. Oh, uh, so we lost so him. All the, it's nice. All the obituaries were what I would expect. They all said. You know, uh, director of Last Picture Show. That was what led most obituaries in the newspaper. But we all know that uh, Paper Moon uh, is. Yeah. I didn't know he did that. What? Yeah, Paper Moon and Last That's Picture Show and crazy difference. I mean, good for him. He got to do different things. But... Oh yeah. But That's he so. Mask. I would never think. Let's make him the director of um, Last Picture Show. That's crazy. Yeah, and that was like his first. You know, technically a second movie, but really his first big one. Did any of his yeah. obituaries mention him being a coxman? <laughs> you mean that he slept with Dorothy Stratton? <laughs> <laughs> no, Civil Shepherd. I always remember that from uh, from that. That's always. I think they. I think they used it in in Wedding Crashers. I think Vince Vaughn yeah. says it. They they steal it from Last Picture Show. Uh, it's the sort of thing they said back in Errol Flynn and Charlie Chaplin's day. I guess so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quite 
quite the coxman. Yeah, very very British way of uh, saying. Well, what's <laughs> nice about his obituaries is after they mentioned all his big movies, they mentioned all these that he was the last uh, link to old Hollywood. He had interviewed everybody from mm-hmm. Wells to Hitchcock, Howard Hawks, John Ford, Cary Grant, and he compiled them in those great big books. The first one is Who the Devil Made It, and the second one was Who the Hell's In It. And in those books, he's got interviews with all the greats, and he was the last link because he was like an, a, a young up-and-comer, and his job initially was... Uh, uh, writing about film for Esquire. So he got access to all these guys and he learned all these lessons interviewing guys like Wells and Ford and uh, Hawks. He learned he learned firsthand all the little tricks about how you direct the movie. So they said with him going, he's really one of the last links uh, to old Hollywood yeah. that knew these people firsthand and had uh, firsthand anecdotes and stories. And quite recently he did a really great documentary on Buster Keaton. Which was yes, fantastic. The last thing he did, I think, mm-hmm. and it was wonderful, wonderful film on Buster Keaton. And yeah, it's like I think the last movie he made uh, was about maybe three years ago. He also did ago. a movie a few years ago that you recommended to me, John. Uh, that it, it got some notice, but it didn't do very terribly well. But if it's a specific moment in Hollywood, and if you're a fan of that era, and if you're a fan of Citizen Kane, heck. Uh, the Cat's Meow. He did a movie called oh, The Cat's yeah. Meow with uh, Kirsten Dunst, yeah. which was the true story of uh, Marion Davies and uh, and, uh, and William yeah, Randolph Hearst. was on that boat together. Uh, William Randolph Hearst mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, uh, Marion Davies and uh, uh, Luella Parsons. There was all these people on one boat together. <laughs> yeah. And there, was, and there was a murder. And so it was this, yeah, it was this. And he had gotten that story firsthand from Orson Welles. You know, Welles knew all these guys. And uh, so he had gotten that story firsthand, so he'd always wanted to do it. And you know who that was? That was Eddie Izzard playing Charlie Chaplin. That's right. That's right, yeah. Yeah. That's a great little movie. You could seek it out. Seek it out. Uh, kind of a low-budget movie, but very well done. And if you're yeah. interested in yeah. the uh, what where Citizen King came from, that's that's it right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, and then Sidney Poitier. I mean, you can't – we just watched him in uh, in what, what, what's some Sneakers, which is Patrick's favorite so I'm sad that he's not here to talk about him, but we also saw him in the heat of the night. Uh, one of the great scenes in cinema. I just read a whole breakdown of that where he slaps the guy back and he said, uh, you know, like he and he and the director, Norman Jewison had a big discussion about it. And he, when he agreed to do the movie, uh, he did not want to film down South. They had to film in Illinois because he did not want to go to the, uh, down south because apparently he and Harry Belafonte in the 60s were down there trying to register voters and they encountered a lot of of just brutal racism right to their faces and I guess they had to shoot one scene the scene I that whole scene where they go up to that guy's house was filmed at an old plantation and they had to go film it in somewhere down south and then uh, Norman Jewison was uh, it was an interesting story because he said that there were people starting to gather outside of the hotel where they, they couldn't stay in a hotel and they went to a holiday Inn. they couldn't stay at a, a hotel in town because it was segregated. And so they're like, well, we're not staying here because Sydney has to be able to stay with us. And so they went to this holiday Inn, and a bunch of people in town found out where they were and started gathering outside of the hotel. And I guess Norman Jewison went and got all of the, he went and got the, the grips and told them, get all the biggest guys out here and we're going to form a barricade <laughs> out in the, so he went to Sidney Poitier and he said, you know, I, don't worry, you know, we're going to take care of you. And Sidney Poitier said, no, I'm not worried. I have a pistol under my pillow. 
and I'll shoot the first person that comes through that door. So yeah, he was uh, very much like his uh, his kind of his uh, a person who demanded respect, just like and the it, characters. Know, that, uh, that that slap wasn't in the script. The script called for him to just walk out of the room, and he said no. He says this demands something more. Yeah. Uh, and so he said that's the only way I'll do it is if I get that slap in. Yeah. And he said because in Philadelphia. <laughs> He wouldn't stand for that. If he was really a cop from Philly yeah. and somebody yeah. did that, he'd slap him right back. There wasn't going right. to be a... It doesn't match the character even, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's still one of my favorite scenes. Oh, is everybody okay over there? Doggy dog barking? I don't know. <laughs> Whose dog is that? Uh, my dog. Yeah. My dog. He's going crazy. The great Very Cine, well behaved. The great Cine party. Guess who's coming to dinner? Uh, uh, lilies of the field. Uh and on and on and on and on. And on. That's but, a giant. You know, when he passed, that's like a, that's one of the last. Yeah. Giants. And he's one of that guys from kind of like, if, if you, if you think of it from people forget, because I think people think that era of movie guys being like, you know, Paul Newman and Redford and all those guys. And people kind of forget, you know, that Sidney Poitier was definitely part of that generation. So uh, I think so. he was the number one, he was the number one box office attraction in 1967. You can get your brain around that. He had three hit movies all in the same year, one after the other. Yeah. So that's uh, that's kicking down a few doors. Right sure, there. for sure. Uh, and then uh, we, Bob Saget. What do you? I mean, guys, are you okay? You two, you you two millennials, are you guys good? <laughs> hmm? No, I'm fine. I don't know. <laughs> This is Bob Saget. I think people. I think people were really upset because he people, was kind of a. It was, was so kind of much a joke talk. For, what are you talking about? He's not old. No, young guy. What sixty? Yeah, he's 65. young. Sixty-five. It was a shock. Is that old? Is that young? It is young. Compa- I mean, comparatively speaking, now I mean, compared pe- to Betty White, but sure, people yeah. people live longer. But there was a time when sixty-five-year-olds yeah. did not look like Bob Saget. You know, sixty-five-year-olds were. Eating dinner That's at four true. o'clock, you know, and they and look, they look like <laughs> they looked like John Houston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. John Houston in Chinatown. I'm right. fifty two. Sixty two, right there. I'm yeah. I'm fifty two, <laughs> Mister Giddies. Yeah. <laughs> I did not live forty eight years on this planet, Mister Giddies. <laughs> like, wow, this guy's forty eight years old. It's uh, you know. John Houston at thirty already looked like an old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, got that, he's got that kind of face. John and I, we 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 talked about this. It's wild how people when we were when we were kids, people our age now looked old, old. They weren't wearing like old, old band t shirts <laughs> and Hawaiian shirts. You know, they were. <laughs> it also has to do with the time we grew up in. You know, there's been a sort of uh... <laughs> yeah. Also, the. Uh... America is more casual. <laughs> the world is more casual than it was back in That's like true. That's true. <laughs> I wouldn't mind dressing up. Like, I, I would not mind, you know, but, I mean, there's a difference between dressing up and dressing old, you know, like just putting on a, oh, well, I've I given. I think it's the 60s. The 60s that did that, it's not just the hippies. The, the 60s through the early 70s, the idea that you could dress down, that maybe you would just wear jeans and a T-shirt and, and uh and uh, you know tennis shoes or something like that. You see a lot of people of a certain age. Yeah. And as that is that uh, whole generation gets older, that is still going to be what they're going to wear. You know? That's true. But I do you lament. Watch, um... oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead, Justine. Did you watch Jimmy Kimmel's uh, monologue the beginning for Bob Saget? No. Was uh-huh. was it sad? Yeah. 
I guess he was close to him. I'll tell you what. I, I, I have to say that Jimmy Kimmel, um, while I don't watch late night TV too much anymore, the, the, every time I watch Jimmy Kimmel or some of the interviews that I see with him, I feel like he's really carrying on in the spirit of like David Letterman uh, yeah. more than like the other guys that I see. The other guys are just singing and dancing and playing games all the time. Yeah, the newer, like the newer model for talk shows. They're just trying like, to get YouTube hits, right? Yeah, or, or they're right. trying to show, oh, you know, we don't, you know, we don't want to learn necessarily about this person. We want to know how they would act in this situation or how they would be. I mean, Kimmel's a, a Letterman fan. He was a huge Letterman fan. Yeah, and I think he realized. That it wasn't just the cutting up and hijinks. It was also about if you had somebody worth interviewing, you better put the time in. Not yeah. if you just have some starlet, but if you've got a heavyweight, you better put the time in and yeah. have an interview ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, but he was, I guess, him and well, he would be a little uh, behind Bob Saget, I guess, in, as far as like coming up. But I, I could see them being close. You know, Saget was kind of based in L.A. I guess he was a comedian's comedian. Yeah. Um, they liked him. In his monologue, he said it was the 14th video he's shot, but he just would, kept crying. Oh, uh, Jesus. Uh. No, Saga was great because he would he had this kind of persona on TV. But if as you, a dad. As a dad, but if you caught years. him uh, if you caught him in interviews and stuff like that, he was, he, A, he was really sharp. Really sharp guy, knew his comedy. And then B, he was absolutely filthy, but in a in a really creative way. He knew how to do it. You know, there's a craft to that, being being filthy and disgusting, and uh, or just being uh, offensive, but knowing how to do it, do mm-hmm. it in he a. Have, he must have found it odd that he found himself in it. You know, uh, also doing America's Funniest Videos. Somebody uh, on NPR said it's odd that he found himself in these two very mild sort of TV shows. Yeah, massive, huge, huge. Everyone loved them, but they're. Compared to his normal comedy, they're pretty mild versions of himself. Yeah, you have to be bland. You have to be bland because you have to appeal to the greatest, you know, you have to appeal to everybody, right? It must be an odd position to find yourself in. Uh, He told, told, I saw an interview with him with with Joan Rivers where he said he told a joke that that he had to pull because it got no laughs, but it was his personal favorite joke. And he said that his wife was born on Lincoln's birthday so to celebrate, to celebrate, his dad took his mom to a theater and shot her in the head. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's something you would tell at the Friars. Yes, you know? exactly. There's, but it's there's like, jokes you can tell like, at the Friars when there's no cameras. You know, you just. And that's what it was on the Aristocrats. Remember that movie? I think when people realized how filthy he could be. Yes. If they hadn't seen him in a club or something, if you didn't know him from anywhere else. His sequence in the Aristocrats, people just went, "Whoa!" Yeah, <laughs> there's a whole other side to this guy. <laughs> and then, then all the all the stuff pouring in from like the the people who played his kids on TV and said he was so awesome and just was very supportive yeah, and was always yeah. it had been like really nice and supportive the whole yeah. the whole time, which is nice to hear. It's nice to hear. Because I you, wonder what the hell it was. Does anybody know yet? No, what it was. Justine he was in a hotel room on on tour, right? Justine, do you know anything? They found him in his hotel room. But they said not foul play, and they said not overdose. It's always sad when you so. hear they found him, because then you know it's been a while. Yeah. Well, you know, he just probably didn't report to work or didn't report to the club. Or... Well, he was on tour. Yeah. So maybe he didn't go to the show that night or something. He was on a, uh. on a, on a uh, club tour or something. I think he was out doing shows or something. 
but I think what I heard on the radio was not foul play, not overdose, and they but they still don't know exactly what it was. Yeah, might have just pretty young. Uh, just, I'm the same age as Mary Kate and Ashley, so I uh, see him as a dad. Oh wow! Do you it, wait, Mary Kate and Ashley is 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 their sister older, or younger? Younger. That's so Let's weird. Which Wanda? She's younger. Wanda. That's so weird. That they, named, they named one of their clothing lines after her and her brother, their brother. Oh. I didn't know that. It's we- She's younger. She's a younger sister. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah, because you think they'd be the youngest because they were always little kids. Yeah, yeah. I saw them as little. You got it, dude. But, uh, yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, so say goodbye to all those Hollywood greats. Uh, and we have, we of course, at Superior Complex, uh, uh, offer our condolences. Is that the most insincere thing I've ever done? Maybe I yes. didn't mean it to be. It just sounded that way. We were just, <laughs> yeah. So, seeing you haven't had a chance to watch uh, the Book of Boba Fett yet, have you? No. Oh, you're, you're lucky. I watched Malcolm X. I watched it on my drive. You are in for a you are in for a treat. I watched it on my drive to work this morning, on my drive home, and then a the little bit last night. But I went in and out, so I had to keep rewinding it. I'm like, this is three hours. And I don't have fucking three hours. I have to sleep. <laughs> so That's dedication. That is really dedication. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not. It's it's bad use of time because she spent three hours doing something <laughs> else over the weekend, off. watching something dumb. What did you watch? What kind of dumb Netflix documentary about some pop singer you love did you watch that? Uh... I watched the Ricardo. No. Being the Ricardos? No, I you already saw that. I saw that like last week. I just saw a new movie. It was really good. See what I mean? But I did watch um, The Matrix because I've been catching up with it. And then I finally okay. watched it. How was it? I'm sorry. Okay. How about that? See that face? That's why I didn't even bother to go see it. That was. Well, I, needed, I needed that refresher. I knew I couldn't just jump into it because I don't remember the films as well. So oh, the wasn't... refresher helped. And then I thought the orgy scene was in the third movie, but it's actually in the second movie. <laughs> the orgy scene. Oh, yeah, when they have that club, that rave scene. Mm-hmm. I fast forwarded that. I'm like, why is it still going on? And I had to just keep fast forwarding it to get to the point because he's. Neo and Trinity are also sleeping together, and that's another thing happening in the background, and it was just pointless. Mm. Pointless. Was it, though? Yes. Was it, though? I remember being in the theater being like, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> can I Can I admit... All those people having sex in the future. Can I admit... Die. Can I admit something to you guys? I've never, I was never, aside from the, the action scene and the, obviously the photography, which we were all like, wait, hey, how'd they do that? Uh... I, I was never a huge fan of The Matrix. Well, the first one Whoa. is one thing. The second yeah. two are just awful. The first the one is actually... The second one is the one with the twins. second one is fine. <laughs> second one is good. John, you're talking... Because they go into the freeway and they do all the freeway stuff. Um, Trinity also goes. does her motorcycle thing where it flips. Yeah. Like she's I don't know. She's badass. She's, she um, gets it into the building and then she jumps off of it. John, like, which one has Monica Bellucci? <laughs> the second one. I was, I was just going to hold my tongue. I'm glad somebody else brought her up. I just thought Mar- Mario's so tired of me bringing. No, I love it. I love it. It's like me with my wife, Tom Hayek. I mean, I love it. Mm. But I just, I don't. Well, it's the only reason I own those movies. I will just sort of like fast forward to her little 10 minute scene where she's in the bathroom saying, I will give you the key if you give me a very long kiss. But it has to be a sincere kiss. 
I'll know the difference. I love that you have that memorized. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah, adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you did, say, you did say that. I remember because I just it's, saw and it. <laughs> oh, and then I also, that's what I watched. Remember when I said I don't like Jack Black? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I watched yeah. um, Nacho Libre. Did you love it? Which one? You I loved it. it. I had diarrhea since Easter. I used to <laughs> stop laughing. You, you, I don't know why I hated it so much. I think, so I think I thought it was more serious and I hated it. <laughs> But this time watching it and knowing it's just stupid, I was yeah. really fine with it. Why did you think it was serious? I don't know. Because then he made, th- I watched that and I remember watching um, School of Rock and being even more upset with him. And then I just really? got over him. You, I just you didn't like him. School of Rock? Wow. Yeah, it's too bad. Because he just, he's so childish most of the time. Well, and I can't sure. stand it. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, That's yeah. But sure. I was expecting it and it was hilarious. And you know what helped me was watching. Um, Jumanji turned me around. Oh yeah, yeah. I've so had maybe that. Maybe I can watch Tropic Thunder now because I hate it. Yeah, I've had that. Uh, well, and he's, he's the best. He's he's so his role is so small in Tropic Thunder. Oh, it's, then it, I don't need to watch it. You, but you do get a lot of Robert Downey Jr. I, don't, I, I think you need, I think you need to watch Thunder. the. You need to watch King Kong. That's what you need to watch. Oh, why does he so he's so <laughs> wasted in that? That could have been anybody. Well, annoy- he is annoying in that movie. You just go. Tropic- what Do you own oh. Tropic Thunder digitally? Yes, we're, we we will be watching it for the digital movie. Too. Hey, there we in go. In about five years' time, we will be. <laughs> I love that. I know there's so many movies to watch now that's like mm, we'll be seeing that in about. 20 well, years. it's it's going. We either we can either do a deep dive into these movies and then or. Uh, we can watch three at a time. Watch three at a time and go. <laughs> I give it a five. Next, so it's can really. You believe that we used to do that. We used to do three movies in one show, and then we we cut it to two, and then we cut it to Seven Samurai was the turning point where I was like, "This is my favorite movie of all time," and we're literally talking about it in the last ten <laughs> minutes of the show. Minutes. Oh, you know why? Because I think it shared a. I think it shared a uh, episode with like Creature from the Black Lagoon or something. <laughs> yeah, it was something that was totally or, uh, unworthy of comparison. Yeah, or tarantula or something. But it was, you know what? But, it's not a good thing to do. But it was right in our wheelhouse, so we talked about that for 45 minutes. You know, right, we'll, right, right. we'll talk well, about it. You had the right idea. Yeah. You had the right idea if you're, if you're going to watch something, you know. I mean, it can, let's put it this way. If I ever decide, like, you know, people go, why are you doing this podcast still? You have three listeners. I'm like, look, we set out to watch every movie in my collection, damn it. And we're not stopping till it's done. So uh, it kind of gives yeah, you an people, excuse that way. But people love it, don't they? You say people love it. People do love it. The three well, people. there's more structure now with a movie. Yes. But yes. The, the three people that love it. The three people that listen to the podcast love it. How does the mm-hmm. Lilypot love it that we've got? I movie? don't know that she's listening right now. She's been, uh, she's got, there's some, there's some things going on over there in the, in the UK. They got a dog now. Oh. And, uh, uh. and cause of COVID she's not working as often. And I think that's when she right. listens constantly with me. I know that like now that my commute is, is a lot shorter, uh, since I changed jobs, my commute's a lot shorter. I don't listen to as many other podcasts as I used to, because I don't have that time. That happened to me when COVID hit because I was no longer in my car. Yeah. So then I was forced to listen to I was forced to go walk and just listen to it now because it was the only way. Yeah. Yeah. The worst. I do like to go on a nice walk in the morning. About three miles. Or you can sit and listen. Mm. (laughs) If I'm sitting, I'm either reading or watching. That's that's really. 
Or eating. No, I eat standing up. I do eat standing like, up. Like, uh, yeah, what was that? Rick, like Ricky Ricardo. Yeah, yeah. It's probably better for the digestion. It goes straight down. It doesn't have to go through any curves. That's right. <laughs> right, <laughs> out, right out, right, right out the back. Did you watch it? What? No, as a matter of fact, I um I found a theater that's playing it. I may actually go see it today. There's a theater that's playing it. I'm gonna uh, go. I don't know about a theater, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Well, I, I know there'll be nobody else there. Who in the hell is going to be in that theater watching he's, that movie? He's nominated, too. Who? Oh, really? Playing Desi. Oh, really? Hmm. Nominated, for, nominated for what? I don't know. He was there with all the other actors. Him. Um, oh, it must be a leading role because. For an Oscar? Andrew Garfield. No. Golden Globes, probably. Andrew Garfield. I forgot that actor's name. That's why I called him Desi. Uh, Javier Bardem. Oh, listen. This is for the... uh, If they're nominating Andrew Garfield... Peter Dinklage. Look, uh, I know that five minutes... I know he was good in Spider-Man, but come on. I'm kidding. Nicholas Cage. I know he's up for something else. I mean, that's how you know it's the Golden Globes because you get these sort of like, what? You know, it's like that was a five-minute role. Or you go, what? That was like a musical TV show. It's got to be the Golden Globes, which they're not broadcasting. They've got problems, so they're going to do it, but they're not going to broadcast it. They're not going to have it on TV. That's for the best. Oh, is that because of the Hollywood Foreign Press thing? That's what it is, but they've been um, marched on and boycotted and all that stuff, and there's been some scandals. So they said, well, guess what? We got dropped by NBC or whoever, so we're going to do it, but it's not going to be televised. Guess who the two – who are the two actors who sent in little videos supporting uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association? Who do you think they are? I give up. Two of them. Number one, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah. Number two, I was sh- shocked, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Really? I don't know. It's, I always thought it was an odd thing because it's less than 100 people voting on these things. You know, it's the foreign press, but I think it's like 78, 80. It's less than 100. Hmm. So you always go, wow, this is weird. <laughs> it's not a bigger organization, but yeah. it's, it became like this big predictor for who's going to be the winners at the Oscars. How many people, people are in right, watch the Golden Globes? How many people are in the Academy of Motion Picture Arts? Oh and well, a, a lot. <laughs> You're talking uh, probably like a you know, as far as yeah, I don't know. It's probably like in the thousands, right? Okay, but everyone because likes it, to thank them. It's not just yeah. exactly. It's not just actors. You got technicians and producers and cinematographers. I like to predict artists. what they're going to do. They always pick the safest choice. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, you know. God, I haven't watched in like the last five years. I just don't care anymore. I used to tune in. It was kind of interesting. I don't so give boring. a shit anymore. And also, I don't like – you've heard me on this rant, Mario, but I'm going to say it again. They don't give any sort of props to the past. They, when they do like a clip reel, like in memoriam – it's over in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Everyone gets like a two-second shot. Yep. And when somebody wins like a Lifetime Achievement Award, they don't even do it on the broadcast. They do it like a week ago, we sat down with some technicians at this breakfast place, and we gave them their Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> go, what the fuck? <laughs> no, they used yeah. to do that for like the, like the technical awards. They go, this guy invented this lens. And you're like, I get why you don't want to be on prime time Saturday night with that. But now, like if somebody wins a Lifetime Achievement Award, they don't even do it. They go, well, nobody cares about this old guy. So they mm. do it. Like they say, a week ago we sat down and we gave you know so and so his lifetime achievement award, and here's a clip from outside. And it's like, what the fuck is that? You know? Here's a clip of us giving them their award from the Denny's down the street. Exactly. It used to be the highlight. You go, oh my god, they're gonna finally give you know uh, Arthur Freed or Gene Kelly or somebody. You know, um, Peter O'Toole might have been the last guy. 
that yeah. got the Lifetime Achievement Award, you know, uh, right there in the middle of the broadcast. After that, they said, well, nobody gives a fuck about these old guys. Let's just do it like, you know, the week before and we'll show them like highlights. John, wait you know? till you see what I'm going to do next. <laughs> Talking about not yeah. giving a shit. I'm about to change yeah. batteries in the recorder right now, but we're not even going to. We're not. We're going to pause for a quick second, and the audience isn't even going to know. And I'm going to let you continue your it's, rant. It's nice you didn't do that in the in the middle of that tirade. I know. I wanted you to get it out, <laughs> but I felt like it was coming to a natural end. And now, <laughs> where's all, all? Whatever. I got batteries to replace. Yeah. No. 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 I mean, it's, you you need to get this stuff out. It's true. The great thing is, people aren't even going to know whether or not I changed the batteries. We're just going to keep going. You know what I mean? say, how does he do that? With how does he do a show without ever changing the batteries? How does he do? People, do people, are, people are probably wondering why I need batteries in the first place and why I'm not just recording yeah, into a computer, better? because I record into a little digital recording device, ah. and then from there. Well, don't they always hear you say you dropped it? I feel like you. I drop it a lot. I dropped it. I drop it like it's hot. I see. I do. I Justine, ask. by the mm. way, ah. by the way, let's all look. Look, I have kind of low light going on in here, so I'm kind of washed out. Uh, Jake's got that backlight. John has that harsh white light because there's a light. I think because <laughs> well because everything's it's just like that white the white light bulb. Look at the lighting in Justine's room. What do you have like a ring going on? What's going on? You got what's is this? Your TikTok? That's a filter. That's a filter on yeah. the camera. I like have a filter on blurs, like around uh, me. It blurs the background. Yeah. Maybe. Ah, interesting. It's just boring, but my lighting is just regular LED, and I just stared into. Oh, it it's LED. Why. That's why. That's why. That's why. It makes it. Uh, I think it also awkward. has to do with the quality of your webcam, and I know what Patrick probably has a nice one for his OnlyFans. Well, Patrick's annoying because he sets up all the stuff, doesn't give me his <laughs> login info, so he can change the colors while I'm in the effing room, and it's a different ass color, and I can't see correctly. I just. It's uh, a. It's a different ass color. It's a different ass color. <laughs> thanks, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. But whatever it is you're using, it's true. It's like uh, you're in the foreground. You're in focus. Everything behind you is like blurry. Oh, that's just my background. The background, um, so, the filter is just that. So it looks like you're in, in, in an Ingmar Bergman film. You can do it too, Mario. Where? Yeah, Mario. Mario. You have to use Google Chrome, and then you have to probably be on a computer. But I am on Chrome. a computer. Oh, and I am on Google. I am on Google Chrome. I'm and on a Chromebook. Oh, dang! You're all Googled up. Wow, that's all I do is Google. Every day I'm Googling. I almost did. I did a. I think I did a Lady Gaga song. I was gonna I go. See. I did. Oh, for Christ's sake! What, John? You don't like that? Uh, that's an annoying song. Why? Why is it annoying? <laughs> um, it's annoying because it's annoying. That's that sounds like DMX. Uh, uh, give it to you. Yeah. People love when we do that, all at the same time. I know. I know. At this point, Mario, did you ever have a ringtone, like a song ringtone? Yeah, I had the I had that DMX version. Remember, it used to ring in the podcast. I used to have it. There's your answer. I used to have the uh, the the Deadpool DMX was the last one I had. Now I don't I don't even know what my ringtone is anymore because my ringtone is always off. My my ringer's always off now. 
Yeah. If my phone rang right now, I wouldn't know that it was. I, that's why I laughed at you. I said recently. That's crazy. No I mean, one has one now. Probably within, <laughs> is that right? Probably within <laughs> the last five years or so. Is that considered unhip to have a, a ringtone like that? No, not if you're. I don't know anyone. I guess not if you're fifty plus like us, John. I see. Yeah, I know. My ringtone is the Standells "Dirty Water." It's like, what's the point? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you know, down, bam, 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 bam. I love that dirty water. Oh, Boston, you're my home. You've heard that. No. No, no, no. Remember? <laughs> nope. And then it goes. Who's that by? And then it goes ramblin' a ding dong. No, that was the Standells. You've heard it a million times. Everybody covers it. Bomba da dong, ba dong dong. What? Bomba ding dong dong. You've heard that. Nope. I'm gonna tell you story. Really? I'm gonna tell you about my. I grew up in the '80s, man. I know, but they play that in every time there's a baseball game in Boston. They play that. So I thought you'd at least hear it by accident when there's a baseball game. You know? uh, the only team I hate more than the only city I hate more sports-wise than New York is Boston. You mean Beantown? Don't. don't. <laughs> How dare you? Don't give me that Beantown. Beantown. <laughs> if uh, I'm not going to say Boston, I, I do. Okay. I hate I hate Boston with a passion. Right. Well, the weird thing is, the standouts are from L.A. I don't know how they cut that song because they're actually from L.A. And uh, I have heard that riff. I didn't know that that was the song. Yeah, that song has been covered a million times. It's like Louie Louie. Everybody's covered that song. Uh, also, I thought you might have uh, bumped into them on the Munsters when they were on the Munsters. Oh, were they on the Munsters? <laughs> yeah, as themselves. They're like, you know, they're driving down the street. Hey, we need a place to stay before the show. Hey, there's a, that looks like a funky place. Look at that old house. John, this is going to come as a shock to you, but I have not watched the Munsters since... Uh, I saw it as a you kid a in reruns. What? You're like, I watched it because I was a child. A yeah, child. Yeah. I watched it because there was, no, up, I, there, there was nothing else. Dude, were you just going to quote uh, the Apostle Paul? <laughs> were you were just yes. gonna... <laughs> wow, you're great, Mario. You're slick. Were you just going to quote the Bible over the monsters? <laughs> when I was a child. <laughs> uh, but then when I grew up, I put away childish I put away my childish thing. That's, that's pretty good, John. Good for you, man. Thank you. Uh, no, I do like the monsters. I just haven't seen it in so long. <laughs> I, love, it, I love that. I want that for a soundbite. No, I do. I do love the monsters. I just. I loved it as a kid. I used to watch it every week. Well, you know, we always say this. It doesn't hold up like the Adams Family. You can watch that repeatedly. Sure. Monsters, you're like, all right, you know, it's, like, it's you know. It's well, also, and there's only like 30 episodes, so you see them all over and over and over. Yeah, well, actually, both of them only ran two seasons, so you basically got they both got about maybe. Mm, 65 episodes, you know. And for that matter, Gilligan's Island as well. But Gilligan's Island, I yeah. mean, let's talk about it. Let's, let's really yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know why I'd ever, you know, I went through a period where I was like, yeah, whatever. But I, I'm back to, they, there's a station that plays them all the time. And it's just hypnotizing. I don't know if it just takes me back to a happier time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when I'm six, sitting there with a bag of cookies or something. But I mean, it's so much fun to watch those, especially the color episodes. Uh, you know, when Ginger comes walking through the oh, <laughs> sure. trees, wearing some sort of crazy, you know, well, sequin dress. The know? great thing about uh, Gilligan's Island is the music will tell you how to feel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 
you want that in your life. Yeah. Walking down the street. You just want that sort of like that. Yeah, you're right. And when you're drunk, you want it to be rum bum 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 That's right. I must be drunk. It's playing the Mr. Hal drank too much music. Great, great show. Um Great music. That's one they really should put a soundtrack. Uh, and it's, and you're right. It's 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 a great mood setter. You know what kind of episode you're in for at the very beginning. If, if they got the harp going, you're like, oh, this must be the one with Erica Tiffany Smith. <laughs> Why do I imagine you guys are like at a video store talking like this and people are just walking by and just listening yeah. to you? That's what this whole podcast is based on. That's what the whole it's like, it's like high fidelity. People are like, yeah, God, those guys. They can go on for an hour about Gilligan's Island. Skip the cannibals are there. If the cannibals are like creeping up on Oh, and then uh there's there's always that one rock and roll song they play on the radio whenever there's Oh, I love it because it's generic. It's like Gee, wouldn't that be like Gilligan's got a radio? Wouldn't it be like a real song? Nope. <laughs> it's always like, and that was the mosquitoes, you know. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Justine, who's your favorite character on Gilligan's Island? This is a serious question. Mm, not Ginger. What's the other girl's name? Marianne. 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 There you go. All right, Jake. Uh, I never really watched Gilligan's Island. Whoa. The doctor. The professor? <laughs> he really never. You're right. You never did watch it. <laughs> you know, the doctor. Oh, the professor? The professor. <laughs> yeah, I I love but he did He did have medical. He was like a psychologist. He was a medical doctor. Yeah. He was a, yeah, see, that's, he yeah. was an engineer. He was a. But it's great. That you know he's not just putting us on. I don't know. I never watched it. What's that guy? The doctor? <laughs> <laughs> that's a different show. What? Oh, you never did watch it, did you? That's a different show. That was something well, no, I, I absolutely love. The professor's it. the greatest. I wonder who's he smarter, the, the professor he or the build doctor. Build a car out of uh, coconuts, but he can't get him off the island. That's the great. Everyone says that after like three episodes. Wait a minute, he just made a telephone out of bamboo. Why can't he get him off? Didn't, why can't he fix the boat? You know that? Didn't that joke? <laughs> all of my like, all of my after-school programs are always reruns, so that's when I would see Gilligan's Island. Love uh, it, right? That or I'm watching. Um, what is it like? All my children with my grandma. So wow. didn't that joke perpetuate because um, they would never rerun the black and white ones, and they they show you early on that like Gilligan makes the nails explosive because he puts too much. They put too much yeah. of something in there, and the nails all explode. It's a plastic explosive. They find like a box, of course, a box of plastic explosives from World War Two. He makes nails out of them. <laughs> it's like. And then he puts a filling. They put a filling in his tooth made out of that plastic yeah. explosive. But but it's true. When we were when we were kids, they would never rerun the black and white episodes. It was always the color episodes. Right. Like Bewitched. The whole season of Bewitched in black and white. Dude, and they never ran them. Dude, dude, Zorro in black and white because that's all Disney had at night. What's that? What was that? Zorro. Oh, oh, yeah, because they're all in black and white. Zorro, they're all in black With and white. With Guy, uh, what was his name? Guy? Guy Williams. Guy Williams. The guy, that, um, the guy that would talk to the horse. Mr. Ed, yeah. I love that, yeah. Mr. Ed. At night, Disney only played that, but you were like, why would I watch TV anymore? I should just stop. Yeah, 
Will, will you, you mean be, like watching Mr. Ed and go? go <laughs> That's great. That's so great. You watch Mr. Ed and go, you know what? I think I'm done with TV. <laughs> well, that's why, that's why I'll go read. Tales of the Crypt because it was more interesting than. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I'll, go, I'll go read. You win, Disney. I'll read a book. You win. <laughs> Hello. I'm Mr. Ed. Hello. Wait a minute. He's the talking horse. All right. I'm going to turn it off. <laughs> All right. I'm out. All right. Uh, mm. Mm-hmm. The fame mm-hmm. is Mr. Ed. Uh, that started with who was in Francis the Talking Mule? Was it Donald O'Connor? Oh, Donald O'Connor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Must have made like nine of those. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Donald O'Connor. Is that Mr. Ed? It's like he. It's like um, only the the horse was always behind like a door, yeah. but then like, the top yeah. door was open, and then the guy would always yeah. talk to him. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a real horse. I think they used to put a big. Chunk of yeah, peanut butter in his mouth. Yeah. yeah, they needed the mouth to keep going, so they said, "Let's give him like some, you know, uh, we'll give him some like taffy or something. He'll never stop chewing." Peanut butter. They, just put the they would put peanut butter, butter in his peanut butter. Is what it was. That's right. They put peanut chocolate butter. in his peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. You ever? No, you don't want to give a horse chocolate. That is the last thing. Oh, what does thing that do? You, oh, like it's a laxative. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. you don't want to let it. No, 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 no. Wow. That that. <laughs> Remember, remember in uh, remember in in League of Their Own, where he says he works for Mr. Harvey. Ah. She goes, "Oh yeah, we give him the bars when the when the cows are constipated. We give him the ah. yeah." Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Chocolate's a natural laxative. No. Yes. For animals. For no people. Way. You ever eat too much chocolate? Hmm. You've never ever had that effect on me. Really? <laughs> no. I mean, it's if you eat too much. I'm talking like the day after Halloween. I guess I don't eat. I don't eat a hell of a lot of chocolate. Yeah, that you, is not my junk food of choice. <laughs> you wake up, it's like brown Julius. It's like the I next see. day. Yeah. I get the picture. I get the picture. Charming to the last. To the last. All right, we're gonna take a quick break on that beautiful note, and when we come back, we are gonna discuss uh, this movie, this week's movie, Malcolm X. So be ready for yeah. that, please. Jake, mute yourself. What is no. It? What are you doing? I refuse. Can't you hear him? Is that a? Is that a? Uh, is that a clicker? Is that a? Uh, I thought we were. I have a clicker. I'm doing a PowerPoint presentation. Are we waiting for the train <laughs> at New Orleans Square? Is that what's happening? Are yeah. you waiting um for your call? Mm-hmm. Mario. Hmm. I'm gonna back to. I'm actually gonna. I'm actually gonna be uh, a little uh, wanna, proactive and call wanna, myself. There you go. What is this, jury duty? Oh, I have jury duty coming up Friday, next Friday. I got to call. I mean, they're still doing it? I thought they got rid of uh, trials again. Maybe because of COVID. I don't know. If we, have, we haven't gotten a notice that they have, so I might, I might call in and they'll say. Holy it just cow. said no gatherings. That is a gathering. Unless you're yeah. Zooming it. Wow. I don't even know how they're doing this, you know, before Omicron even. How the hell are they doing they it? They may have canceled it again because it's getting pretty bad. Well, that's what happened to me. COVID happened, and I was supposed to appear in court for my speeding ticket, and I didn't, and they charged me. Wow. Really? For the ticket? They still give you the, yeah? They just charged you for the ticket and said, well, there's no fighting it, right? Yeah, because I was speeding going up north to San Francisco in Los Baños, Mm -hmm. and that ticket was a, you have to appear in court, but everyone was on lockdown, and I didn't go. So what are they going to do to you? 200 something. Wow. How fast were like you that. going? There was, there was no fighting it, right? There really was no fighting it. 
Yeah, of course. You- no, because I was the car in front of me was trying to keep me in the lane, so I was like trying to get around her. What do you mean keep you and in the I lane? The slow ass car. So it's like dual. So like maybe if you would, maybe if she had, maybe but she that was. That was the most annoying part because then you know I got pulled over and then she's like drove past me. Of course she did. <gasps> because you should have just stayed back there and done the speed did limit. Did you flip her the bird? As she passed you, did you flip her the bird? And then Patrick right after goes, whenever you're near an overpass, you have to slow down because that's where the cops are. Your cat's getting that's a lizard. You. <laughs> Your cat's oh. getting. this whole time. <laughs> you're welcome, Jake. I missed the part where you told Patrick. What did you tell Patrick? I said, fuck you. I just want to hear that again. Uh, (laughs) What was that again? Great. Um, I think I was going like 90-something. Yeah, that's a ticket, girl, no matter what. You're lucky you didn't didn't lose your license. I didn't fight it. Because it's reckless endangerment at some point, right? Yeah, reckless driving. I think it's like 20 miles over. It's reckless driving. It's just stupid because it's... You know, like when you go up north, it's There's always two there. lanes. No one in front of you. Two lanes? What? Are, you're not driving up the. What are you driving yeah. up the ninety nine? Um. Yeah, it's only two lanes when you go up north. When you take the. Take the one. Five? When you take oh, it, is a five. Yeah. The five it's is five. more than two lanes. It's yeah. two lanes. It's a two lane road. Mm. <laughs> Hmm. That's why that girl kept me in where she wanted to keep me, and I was getting really annoyed. Why didn't you just drop back and wait? By or you your... could have forced her off the road. You could have, like, forced her off she, the road. She, like, when there was a slow <laughs> car, she slowed down. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back. What a relaxing break. We're going to do a movie quiz real quick before we talk about... Uh, movie quiz? Justine... I think we did well last time. No, this is the really easy one. This is the easy, easy one. The, the, the yeah, that last, last quiz... The la- that was Steve Dockerson's. That was from the mind of Steve Dockerson. By the way, Steve Dockerson uh, found his album, Pet Smells. Check it out. It's hilarious. Great covers on it. Pet Smells. Pet Smells. Pick it up on Friday. Uh, bandcamp.com look for hop the troll at bandcamp.com and they uh, on Fridays artists get 100% of the um, of the of the of the money that they sit from what they sell uh, he's asking nine bucks for the album you can always give him more if you want uh, it's a fun album it's a lot worth it. pet smells or less if you're an asshole yeah first song John, what do you got you little smoking a little weed there what are you doing there see that, me yeah see that little puff of smoke that's wow. like Ricky Young. John sounds guilty, but no, John. I don't think that, John, was like Rick, that was like Ricky Nelson. Who me? Yeah, yeah. Is that you inside with a gun? Who me? Who me? Uh, I gotta find my my glasses. My glasses. Justine loves when I wear my, my glasses for some reason. Glasses. Where? That sounds, where? That sounds like uh, that sounds like uh, Felix Flanken. Where are my glasses? Who's that? Remember on Mad Monster Party, Felix Flanken. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Felix Flanken. He was kind of doing a bad Jimmy Stewart impression. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Flanken. I, I, I just can't. I just can't go. Oh, that's oh, right. I rewatched um, Batman, like Lego Batman. It was so good. You loved it, didn't you? We watched it again, and I was like, man. 
Still the why best. They, still the best in, interpretation of the Batman. Still why the, haven't they done another uh, Lego Batman movie? <laughs> Lego Batman Part Two. They make the bad ones like the Justice, like you know, like that they make for all of the Lego ones, but it's not. Mm. It's not Movie qualities, I would say it's direct to dreams. I don't know. <laughs> but um, they had made, made those. They're just not as great. Did you did watch a Lego movie too? Yeah, they did. And uh, also a Ninja Lego movie. Ninjago. <laughs> DC, DC just doesn't, DC doesn't know how to, how to make decent movies unless it's animated. That's uh, right. That's true. Speaking of which, are you ready? For the movie quiz. Justine, Always. we're starting with you. Who played the the Batman? I'm sorry. Who played the Batman in Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy? Christian. It's not Slater. Bale. That's right. No, that's right. Uh, Jake, who directed Raiders of the Lost Ark? Raiders. Of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark, you say I don't remember, and I feel terrible. I should know this. He's cheating. Do you see him? You will know the same director also, re- uh, one of his lesser works, uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, dumb, stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Steven Spielberg. Uh, yeah. John, name Jeffrey Dean Morgan's superhero alter ego in Watchmen. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Whoa. The comedian? That's correct, John. Justine, which movie was the song Take My Breath Away for, written for? What's, wait, what is it? What Take movie it? was it written for? Top Gut? No. Yeah. It. 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 Gun. Yep, that's okay. right. Nice. Uh, John, in Beowulf, what monster must Beowulf defeat? All- uh, I'm just going to guess because I never read it or saw the movie. Is it Gilgamesh? No. Grendel? Gilgamesh was a warrior. It is Grendel, but you are eliminated. So, Justine, you're the winner. What is Wait, a Gilgamesh? Eliminated. Gilgamesh was a warrior, wasn't he? A mythical warrior, Gilgamesh. Mm. Mythical warrior, mm. I believe. Sounds right. So Where's Grand- Patrick when you need him? See, he would know. He would know that. Grendel. True, Jake, uh, Patrick would have gotten it. Uh, Gil- well, Patrick would know Gilgamesh. I don't remember Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Yeah, it's. Uh, I believe it's Mesopotamia, like Mesopotamia or Babylonian or. Uh, mm. Let's see. The Epic of Gilgamesh is an epic poem from ancient Mesopotamia. Oh, my God. How did it regarded as the earliest surviving notable literature and the second oldest religious uh, text after the pyramid texts? Oh, wow. How about that? Because Beowulf is usually considered the first, what, like the first fiction or something? Well, it's like the first, uh, yeah, for for Beowulf is like the the Western. Western, Yep, yep. yep. Grendel. 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 Uh, did anyone Not watch? To be confused with Grendel. Did anyone That's watch? They should, name, they should name that Grendel Gretel. There you go, Hansel and Grendel. Hansel and, Hansel and Grendel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the twins. <laughs> who who did the last Beowulf movie? Was that like years ago? It was a few years ago, maybe like five years ago, I think. 
Like oh yeah, that was like the hybrid, like the hybrid CG. It was weird. Wait, it, I got it, one. it looked like the 300. 2007. Mm-hmm. 2007. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I got one. What's that? Yeah. Scott Bale. Hey. Now that's jumping the shark. <laughs> Speaking of jumping the shark, uh, I'll tell you what show jumped the shark for me. I mean, it was always a shark jump from the beginning, but Cobra Kai this season. Oh my God, you guys, uh, listen. It was. Are you a, enjoying it? I loved the first three. Loved the first two seasons. Season three, you started to say, "Well, let's see what they do next season." And season four, jumped the shark. They take take itself way too seriously, man. It's way too. It's a, you're a dumb show about a dumb movie, and uh, <laughs> sometimes they do things just right. Like the idea that the, the San Fernando Valley is obsessed with this karate tournament is always hilarious, and they kind of play that for laughs. <laughs> But then other times they just go a little too overboard and things get a little too serious. And then, yeah. and then having to watch uh, what's his name, the guy who plays Sensei Kreese, uh, having to watch him uh, weekly, you realize he's w- kind of one note. And the whole thing is Billy Zabka, who was Johnny in the original Karate Kid, he's the most interesting character. He's the most fun, and it's kind of deviated from him the last couple seasons. So it's really kind of. Become. I don't watch it, but I saw a photo of some kid with a pink mohawk, mm-hmm. and I thought, "What year? What year is this supposed to be?" <laughs> well, John, the, the first season. I mean, we we all saw the Karate Kid, and you know, it's it's it, the, it, it's so funny. The first season is so great because they really lean into the idea that this guy like went downhill after losing that karate tournament to to uh, to Danny Larusso. So it's kind of it's really funny. In that way, when it's focusing yeah. on that, it's hilarious. And when it's focusing on the ridiculousness of the whole thing, it's kind of hilarious. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this season was not. Uh, there's always some epic karate fight. There's just these karate fights that break out. It's like West yeah. Side Story with karate instead of singing. <laughs> uh, and every Puerto Rican is a lousy chicken. Uh, did anyone see the new? Did anyone see the new? Encanto. Uh, no, I've heard that's fantastic, though. Oh, my gosh. Is it? Those songs get stuck in my head. I love it. And Ron's Gone Wild. Love it. Ron's Gone Wrong. Wrong. Yeah, Ron's Gone. I haven't watched it yet. It's just like Baymax, but, I mean, I accept it. Oh, I'll yeah. Like I was going to say, that looked like, uh, what is it? Uh, yeah. From uh, what was Big that? Hero 6. Yeah. Big Hero 6. I saw the poster. I thought, gee, that looks like... Uh, Big but the sick. movie is pretty much kind of the same too. But mm. I I like it. It's so cute. That one. Did I cry? Nah, I didn't cry. I'm gonna have to check out Encanto. Bye, Jake. Uh, Bye. Yeah. Okay. We're, good recommendations, man. Okay, it's time to talk about. It's time for the Digital Movie Club. Who's doing the theme this week? We don't need to do the theme, do we? Why can't this will you be a just record it and play it? Just like you do the intro. We're doing it live. <laughs> yeah. Why does it he always got to be live? He was always going to he was gonna blow it off, and then when you said that, he's all, okay, we're doing it. We're, we're doing, doing it live. Blow it off? Hey, yeah, how you doing? Yes. Hey, how you blow doing? Eating that Taco blow Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, blow it off. Do it live. Okay, guys. It's time to talk about, uh, we'll just go right into it. So welcome to the Digital Movie Club. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Star Trek doors open. We're in the digital movie club. Star Trek doors close. Now we're in. We're ensconced. We're in the ensconced. Mm-hmm. I like that. We're now we're now we're in the environs of the digital movie. Club. Not unlike the Diogenes Club of Sherlock Holmes stories. 
Wow. We are now in the Digital Movie Club. We are the mm. realm where we discuss movies. I forgot to grab uh, uh, Leonard Malton's uh, synopsis, but who would like to give this week's synopsis? Should we randomize it or would we, is there a volunteer? It's easy. I'll do it. This is the okay. auto. This is the. This is a. a, a this is a. This is last film, week's news. This is a film based on the last autobiography week. of Malcolm X, uh, which was told to Alex Haley, um, author of Roots. So you do get a little bit of that narration. Uh, who I I will give the breakdown. I guess this week, uh, Malcolm X from 1992. All right, uh, it gets an 89 percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it is directed by Spike Lee. It stars Denzel Washington, Angela Bassett, Albert Hall, Al Freeman Jr., uh, Delroy Lindo, and Spike Lee. The music was done by uh, Terrence Blanchard. Would anyone care to guess how much this uh, got? How much this earned at the box office? Would anyone care to guess? Uh, uh, let's see. I know what it. I know what it took to make it, and I think it made a profit, even though there was like some creative bookkeeping. Seventy-seven million. <laughs> I'm going to say it made like a hundred million. You said seventy-seven, Justine. Jake, what's yours? Sixty. And John, you said a hundred. Justine, you were very close. Uh, it actually had a budget of thirty-five million. And it made $73 million. $73, Ooh, I almost said $73 million. I totally forgot that the wife, speaking of Edward James Olmos, the wife of Battlestar Galactica's executive officer, Ellen Ty, same actress who portrays uh, uh, Malcolm X's girl or, or Red Little's girlfriend early on in the movie. I forgot that she was in this. Totally forgot. Um, she kind of has a Kate Capshaw vibe. Anyway, uh, this is really the movie that kind of put Denzel Washington on the map. Uh, he got notices for Glory, which we watched. Uh, he, a lot of people noticed his performance in that. I believe, he, did he win Best Supporting Actor for that, for Glory, I believe? Yeah, I he, think he did. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is really the movie that kind of put him on the map, though. After this, and really, really launched him into, uh, you, you realize that you were going to get that level of performance in every movie that he did, and uh, what a what a great performance! This really is a yeah. kind of an epic. Uh, people forget, you know. Justine mentioned the fact that it is three hours long, and it is, but it is kind of an American epic, and it's uh, it's it's I I think it's right up there with some of the greatest uh, biographies we've seen uh, in uh, in uh, that Hollywood has done. And uh, Spike Lee always has a certain way of filming things and uh, a good eye for certain details. And uh, but boy, you—it's hard to take your eyes off of Denzel Washington in every scene. Yeah. I think in this movie, um, it would be hard to imagine anyone else playing playing him. You know, he's just so—he's so captivating. It's which really helps play into his role as Malcolm X. He's just. It's hard to it's hard to look away, or it's hard to not listen. To yeah, obviously, and very charismatic when he's doing the yeah. speak when he's speaking and he's doing you know he's he's kind of capturing these, the, the imagination of the crowd. You kind of find yourself getting caught up in it, sort of. You can picture yourself being there, and and yeah, it, it needed somebody that had charisma. You know, it was really yeah, it would just grab you. And I, I it's impossible to think of who else could have played it. You know, it just I can't think of anybody at that time. And you know it's it's a movie that kind of has. Um, it, I was thinking of you early on, John, when they're when they're 
when they're at the uh, when they're watching Lionel Hampton and dancing, you know, yeah. and doing jitterbugging Jesus. and everything. And then yeah. you know, you cut to you know, two hours later, you know, he's out in front yeah. of he's out in front of the hospital with Peter Boyle, confronting yeah. Peter Boyle. Uh, it, this movie really does take you on a journey, and it does really take you uh, inside some very and some obviously very contra- a, a controversial figure. Uh, controversial times, and uh, and then the whole conflict within the nation of Islam, which was never really resolved. There's still questions to this day as to who was. Didn't res- they just uh, clear? Here it is, fifty years later, more than fifty years later. Didn't they just clear two people, two people that had done time for the murder, and uh, they just cleared them? And one of them's dead. One of them's like in his seventies or eighties, and uh, they just cleared him. I don't know if they ever came up with. Uh, who it really was, but out of the three, they had arrested two that really weren't involved, and it took them this long. Yeah, like fifty-five years. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, obviously, you know, some uh, some forces at work that uh, it's 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 a fascinating story. Uh, yeah. But uh, and one that I I feel for me, uh, this is one of uh, probably Spike. For me, it's one of Spike Lee's best. I put it up there with uh, with. Um, um, uh, do the right thing, but I think it's hard for a lot of people because it's such a straightforward, just you know, you know, story. We're gonna follow this guy from you know his life from A to B, and sometimes that's not always the most interesting way, uh, or that's not always the most interesting type of movie. Uh, it's hard to be kind of flashy in that way. But again, I feel like uh, his performance is, you know, probably one of the best that he's. One of the best of his career. I mean, in a career filled with uh, great performances. John is now outside, everybody. He is now no, you know what it is? My, my battery is going dead. I'm going to have to go to a, a room where I can plug it in. Oh. My uh, phone's going dead. Okay. All right. We just got a so tour of John's just house. Plug there. it in. It'll just take me a minute. Justine, what did you think? You, you, now, you, I know you struggled. It's three hours movie. It was a huge commitment. I appreciate you. I know you said you were watching it, you know, having to watch it going to work, having to watch it coming from work, having to watch it whenever you could get a moment. What did you think? Washed in the bathroom, washed in the shower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Um, it's, um, you get frustrated, you get happy, you get frustrated. Just, I don't know. It, it was hard for me to tell how I felt about it. Well, you were frustrated. You hate him. You hate him in the beginning. You just hate him. Do you, I can't stand him in the beginning. How much masculinity he had, and like just that testosterone just running through him made me want to kill him. I hated him so much. Toxic masculinity. Ugh. I was just like, I can't watch this, and um, it was hard for me to even like to start to like him. It was hard. But you do need to. You do need that so you see the transformation of where he goes from A to B. Yeah. The journey. It, that's the journey. Yeah, I get why it was that long. Yeah, yeah. Um, just some parts of it were hard. It was hard to hear Elijah saying that you should be married to someone who's half your age, knows how to cook, knows how to sew, and uh, forgot what else he said. Mm-hmm. Oh, when he's talking he about had, the when he's talking about the ideal wife. Ugh. Half your age? Ugh. Half your age plus seven. Huh? Half your age plus seven. Yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. what he said. 
Um, well, you know, look at it this way: if you're if you're forty, she's twenty seven. I mean, I'm just kidding, Justine. <laughs> oh, you did it! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Oh, I see. Wait, where did I get that? That's not even right. Oh yeah, that's right. Twenty seven. Um, I don't know. It was. I think the only time I actually started to like him was when he went to um, Mecca. Yeah, that trip. And I felt like that was a good trip for him. It's always good when people leave the country, right? You get a, you a get a different more. perspective, sure. Yeah. Um, that was the only time where I was like, okay, there's a switch in me to like it now. I get the whole non-violence. That was great. Um, but he's just not a likable char- character. It took a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously. I mean, look at the things he said. I mean, he was I mean, he, he was controversial. He was, he was inflammatory. So you wanted him to be there for his wife. So that bothered me. Um, how much he put his family in danger. I get it, but. But I mean, I I mean, you. But remember, a lot of guys. I mean, MLK was putting his family in danger Uh by by being nonviolent. The idea that you're just as a black man. She kind of caught it in the beginning too, where she said like, "Hey, you're doing what? You're doing too much to." um... Yeah, I don't know. It's always hard for. I feel like it's always hard for uh, uh, the actress. Having to play the wife of someone like that, of a great person, you know, a person who, you know, controversial or so well known. It's almost like a thankless role to have to play that. Uh, but I think Angela Bassett did a good job with what she had. Because um, you have to show things that aren't on the page. Sure. You have to show this sort of like resolve and loyalty. And you have to show things that aren't actually in the script. You have to like project it beyond, you know, what's obvious. It really takes a great, <laughs> a great actor to do that. Yeah, and there's that great scene where she finally, she kind of opens his eyes to the betrayal, and uh, he comes home and he, he even does that thing where he's like, "Don't raise your voice at me," in my ha- in, in my house, and then she still she doesn't let that deter her. She says what she's going to say. You know, she uses you know she she does it in a in a quiet way, but she still is able to plant that seed in him to get him to understand what's at stake. And it shows you that she obviously was more aware of things around him. And she was a little bit less, he was almost naive in a way, you know, having, having followed this, you know, this person made him a little bit naive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, fi- he finds out that this guy has got feet of clay, you know, that he's not perfect. Sure. You know, that he's, he's had mistresses and he's, He's not walking the walk. You know? Yeah, and that's led to the. It, you, what's interesting to me is that it just it, it falls into uh, a thing where he had, you know, it was this this whole thing was was posited to him as, you know, this is different from every other religion, and so here you, here he puts his faith in someone, and it ends up being like just like in every other religion, there's examples of people falling in the same way. Yeah, and that so, bothered me too. I was like, "Why are we just following this guy?" Who's, I mean, yeah, he's human, but still, oh, how can we just follow him? I just, oh, I just couldn't. I couldn't keep watching it, that. It's the old uh, "do as I say, not as I do." You know, yeah. it's that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But like I mean, every religion, but you do, you have to kind of come to terms with that, you know. But you do see him uh, 
you do see him kind of come to terms with it himself. You're right, John. You see him come to that, and you see him. That's where that's like where he kind of makes a turn in his. In, so he kind in, of makes his own path mm-hmm. for what he what he believes in and what he believes that religion should stand for. It almost comes not. I, I don't, I don't want to say he becomes conciliatory, but I believe he he becomes more malleable as mm-hmm. far as you know working with the other civil rights leaders and being, you know, not trying to stand apart and, you know, working towards a common goal. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like you, you do need that fall for him to be able to, uh, embrace he that. He evolves. It takes a long time. It's too bad. By the time he kind of evolves, it's, it's the end of his life. You know, it's over. By yeah. the time He's heading in another direction and it's, it's cut short before he can even get there. You know? Yeah. Jake, uh, Jake, had you seen this? Mm-mm. What did you think, sir? No, I mean I thought it was great. It's you learn. I mean, you learn about Malcolm X in school, and they don't really go into. At least from what I remember, they didn't go into his kind of reform towards the end. It was more about the stark contrast between Martin Luther King's. Oh yeah, it's it's always in comparison. Malcolm X. It always shows that you know Martin Luther King went the pacifist route and he went the more physical confrontation you know literally yep. fight for fight for their rights kind of thing so it was it's interesting to see that he towards the end he kind of started to go not necessarily the pacifist route but went in a different direction from where he originally had started yeah and you're right it's it's kind of funny that that kind of always the way, and it kind of hard calls to mind the way you know what what they're talking about in the movie, the way history is presented. Right? Uh, it's always I always you always get the the compare and contrast to uh, to Martin Luther King. Right? It's always the well, you know, King was a pacifist, and you know, and and Malcolm X was the militant, and um, but in a way, I feel like that's also kind of what they're talking about. It's almost like. Malcolm X still to this day, fifty years after his death, can't escape from the. He's he's inseparable, but it's always like he's always kind of seen in comparison to MLK. But people tend to make MLK out to be. I don't want to say the better of the two, but the I guess the more preferable of the two because he did preach nonviolence. Um, so it's kind of an interesting take, you know. You know, fifty years out to mm-hmm. see how. How much has changed and how much how little has changed. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. And it helps and it helps a lot to understand the love and admiration for Malcolm X, because that's very big in or at least where they're showing big in black culture. Now you know, his, I think now. it is now. I think it's it's yeah. but I think it, it took a while to get to that point where you know it's become more of you know, some of his ideas have become more mainstream now, yeah. you know, whereas at the, shows, at the time they were seen as militant or, you know, or yeah. almost, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, re- well, revolutionary, but almost, um, um, seditious. Yeah. For lack of a better word. John, what did you think? Or, when was the last time you saw this? Uh, the last time I saw it is when it came out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it had been a long time. But did, it is mesmerizing. It is it is a historical epic. Did and, did it hold uh, up for you? It did. It's beautifully made, and it's the it's the role of a lifetime for uh, for Denzel. You know, because he does 
there is this whole this whole arc. You know, he starts off as one kind of person, and he really he makes this journey. Yeah, he is not particularly likable at first, and then uh, as he, you know, as his life goes on and he learns and he tries to change, uh, he's a whole different person by the time he gets shot dead. You know, so you've seen this entire. It's this journey, this crazy American journey, you know? Yeah. And I can't think of anybody else that could have played this. And I guess at the time he had done an off-Broadway play, I guess for a number of reasons, he was somebody that they had thought of. Um, this was originally going to be directed by Nor- uh, Norman Jewison. Okay. And uh, there was a lot of outcry, people saying this really needs to be a black director. This story really should have a black director. And so it kind of went back and forth and back and forth. And, uh, Norman Jewison dropped out, but he said it was because of script stuff. He said it wasn't from pressure from outside, but just uh, things with the script that he had a problem with. And so when he uh, bowed out, uh, that's when Spike Lee got on board. And he said he'd always wanted to do a movie about Malcolm X. And he'd had a little success by that time, you know, with uh, Do the Right Thing and Mo Better Blues and things like that. So that's somebody who could could do it. And um, I guess Denzel had done... He had portrayed Malcolm X off Broadway in a play called The Chickens Have Come Home to Roost, uh, which is that line when they mm-hmm. ask him, when the press asks him what they think of the nation of Kennedy. And he just says, well, it's not surprising. You know, it's uh, violence begets violence. This is the chickens come home to roost. That was the name of the play. And he had done, he'd gotten a lot of notice for doing the play. And he'd really immersed himself in Malcolm X. He didn't know too much about Malcolm X before the play. So he'd really read up. And really done his homework. And so when they were thinking who can do it for the movie, that's really uh, the first name that came to everyone's mind. And Spike Lee said he never thought there was anybody else who could do it. That it, it in his mind, even before he was he uh, got to be director on it, he just said, if we're going to do this, it's really got to be Denzel, you know. So I think he does a great job. And I think uh, I think they do a great job just telling the whole sweep of it. They didn't leave anything out. And that was the other thing I think that they talked about. Warner Brothers said it's going to be X. It's going to be uh, this amount of dollars and you can't go over it. So what that means, you can't go over to like maybe two hours and 15 minutes. And uh, Spike Lee says there's no way to tell this story properly unless you make it like three plus hours. If you're going to tell the whole story. So there was a shortfall. In the budget, he said, we can finish it, but it won't be my vision. It won't be the three hours. And what they got was an infusion of cash from a lot of celebrities that wanted to see him finish it at three hours and tell the whole story. So I'm trying to think of some of the names involved. And this wasn't like uh, a loan. This was like, we're going to give you this money. And so you can take it and finish the movie as you see fit. And I think it was Oprah Winfrey and uh, Michael Jordan and uh, Magic Johnson I think it was like five or six people. And they just said, what do you need to finish this? And you don't have to pay us back. We're just going to make up the shortfall. Because Warner Brothers said, this is the amount. When you pass that, that's the end. So they said it's really a testament to these people that uh, that saw that it needed to be the whole story. And they, they, they made it happen financially. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, and so you see this movie, you realize it wouldn't have been as strong. If they'd cut this down to two hours, it wouldn't have been as strong. You needed to see exactly... You wouldn't what have got the whole picture. You needed to see what he came from, that he really was <laughs> heading down an entirely different path. And something would have had to have gone. I don't know what you would have cut out, but something would have gone. There's so much of the movie, even before he gets to prison, you know, his conversion. more scenes from the dad, too. 
And that was exactly important, that was important too. You're right. That could have been like a whole another half hour to an hour. You just have him and his dad in flashbacks. Yeah. And uh, you realize that was a God. He was a preacher for Christ's sake, you know. Um, but you realize that uh, if they hadn't gone all the way back to when he was very young, you just wouldn't have gotten how far he'd come, you know. Uh, and so that and that really starts once he's in prison, you know. That his whole his whole uh, transformation begins once he gets to prison. So um, I don't know. It's a hell of a movie. It's a hell of a piece of work, and you just can't take your eyes off it. It's like a lot of movies where the central character is, uh, you know, you don't agree with them hundred percent of the time and they're problematic, but you stick with it because it's such a, it's such an amazing life. Um, and cut short, you know, you'll never know where it would have, it's like with Martin Luther King, you don't know what the next act was going to be and you'll, and you'll never know. And that it came from within his own. It's crazy. It's kind of like with Gandhi, you know, it comes from within your, supposedly your allies, your circle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Once you, once you depart, it's what, what happened to Gandhi. You think you're all in it together. And then once you kind of tow a different line, they're like, that nah, you gotta go. It's politics. It's like, yeah. Nope, this guy's gotta go. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy that it always happens like that. Uh, I'm surprised they don't play this in, in, I'm surprised they don't have this as part of like curriculum for social studies. Well, this was a contra- at the time it came out, this was a very controversial movie. Very, very, and, very, very, very controversial. And when you think of what, uh, the way things are now with them uh, screaming bloody murder about maybe giving a fuller picture of American history. I don't know how you could, even now they might say, look, you're not showing my kid Malcolm X, you know, but uh, you think like there's been a lot of battles won, but even now there's so much uh, hollering about what you're going to actually teach in school is about American history. What stays in, what goes out, uh, how real do you make it? How, you know, what's, you know, what's, you know how, Funny, John, people love to point out, uh, they do this with Blazing Saddles a lot. And it's it's always, and they say it for the wrong reasons. They go, people go, oh, you could never make that movie today. Like, right. like it was, that was back before, but what they're really saying is that was back when we could make jokes like that and be non-PC, but they, they're missing the whole point of, of that movie, right? Right. Be- and Mel Brooks always points that out. He said, this wasn't just a movie about foul language and outrageous situations. This is the whole idea of the, this is what it would be like. Sure, it's funny, but if you if you made a black man a sheriff in the old west, this is what would happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like Doctor Strangelove. The reason we're making it a comedy is it's almost the only way you can tell it. It's so outrageous and crazy, and the way people behave that you almost have to make it a comedy to make the proper points. Yeah, to register the proper outrage, you have to make it a comedy to take it all the way. So I always think of Blazing Saddles like Dr. Strangelove. If you're really going to tell it <laughs> the way the situation stands, you have to take it all the way, which means you got to it's it's going to be a comedy. It's well, going to be a dark comedy. And and to me, this really is a movie that would have a difficult time being made today because the people who like to ter- use the term snowflakes and throw that term around are the actual snowflakes. Right, and right. I'll bet you, if this, if you try, or if you just try to re-release this movie, and people get wind of you know what's in it, or you know, people would freak out. Oh my God, is yeah. this what you know? Look, 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 look what look what Hollywood's doing. But it's like, yeah, this you know. Uh, well, the country is in a yeah. different place than it was ten, twenty, thirty years ago, and yeah, things are crazier. <laughs> then they've been in a long time mm-hmm. and there's some things yeah there's some things you cannot even put forth you're just gonna get shot down uh, I mean, that's a poor uh poor yeah choice of that was a poor choice. 
<laughs> I'm all for reformation of you know how we no I I, I and what we put out, but there's there's also sometimes like okay let's uh, let's calm down a little bit. You know, but the, the, like 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 a lot of good biographies, like like when we're talking about like Raging Bull, or we're talking yeah. about or we're talking about Ray. We're talking about yeah. Ray, which which Ray Charles signs off on. They don't back away, and I know Justine had a problem with this, but they don't back away from the the uglier parts of the, of the person's story, which I think is uh, necessary. If you clean it up. What's the point? What's the point of telling it? Exactly. If you clean it up. There's no point in telling it, uh, especially when somebody kind of has an epiphany and tries to sort of uh, be a better person. You know, he wasn't perfect, but there there are a number of. Uh, moments where he's he's trying to uh trying to progress and uh and be a better person you know Mm -hmm. that's what makes us human the fact that we don't that we aren't perfect and you know we're not infallible and but i know what justine's saying because all the old hippies say the same thing when they talk about people that were around during the black panther party and during the uh the marching on the colleges back in the 60s all the revolutionaries and all that sort of like uh um the women from those movements always said, you know, uh, the men were not, they were all for rights, but they didn't give a shit about like their, their wives rights or their girlfriends. Why a lot of those guys were absolute, you know, male chauvinist pigs. So while they're out in the streets screaming for, uh, you know, uh, for their right to do this and their right to do that and democracy, they didn't particularly care if the, if the wife was at home, uh, you know, uh, you know, doing all the manual labor. So they yeah. say, don't don't think that these guys were completely, <laughs> you know, completely. You know, they they had their own problems, and usually it was it's it was with the women. The women of the movement quite often were, you know, you do the sign paints and you do the typing, you do the, the taking care of the kids. We're going to do all the other stuff. And so they say, no, these guys <laughs> were not. You know, they'd only come so far as far as trying to progress to a more evolved Preach. way of thinking. You know, we're we're pigs, Justine, and we apologize, and we know that we're pigs to you. I here. mean, John. Keep going. I'm okay with listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm done. No, I'm done. I, I made my point. <laughs> no. You would no, John, what if John's like, you wouldn't understand if I went further. Mario's like, let me explain. Let, let me break this. Let me, let me I'm gonna reiterate what John just said, but I'm gonna make it yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, say it, yeah, I'm know, gonna say it in smaller but, words. Uh, but, you know, with those, that is what you hear when they do these movies like the Abby Hoffman movie, you know, or they do one about the Black Panthers. And there'll always be somebody going, well, let me tell you what it was like at home. <laughs> you know, it's like while well, they're off, you know, and doing the press conference, let me know, what was, you know, who do you think was taking care of the kids and cooking dinner? You know? Yeah. I mean, behind every great man. Right. Right. Mm. Mm. Even Justine's just shaking her head. Woman. Well, let's yeah. uh, let's rank this one before Justine gets too far off. She's gonna go down that rabbit hole of listen. <laughs> my score gets worse and worse. No, yeah. you love this movie. You loved it. Love it. Jake, what did you give this one? I give it a nine. Nine, nice. And also, John, this is let's talk about this. This is one of those movies that it feels very much of the period. When they're in the fifties yeah. and sixties, like all the details, the clothing, everything. Unbelievable. Yeah. With, yeah. 
uh, yeah, with the uh, zoot suits and they're listening to the bands and you just go, oh, holy yeah. cow. Yeah. And you realize that's where the money went. With those those early scenes where they're at the dance club and all that, you go, okay, this is where the money went. They got the clothes, they got the cars, yeah. they got the music. Yeah. Uh, this is where the budget was. You know, this is where the budget went. You know, man, never look- once got, never once was taken out of it. It was all, yeah, it, all very. It didn't seamless. look like a TV movie. If they'd shot this for TV, <laughs> you know, you know what that would have looked like. Them at, uh, you know, where was that supposed to be? Roseland. Uh, I forgot or, which. Uh, but. I, uh, but you know what it would look like if this had been like an ABC movie of the week. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. that they would have been doing a, a Malcolm X movie, but you you know that it would not have looked. This was like, OK, Spike Lee, he spent every dollar. Yeah, it, it would have been look. it would have been Elvis at a payphone in Los Nietos. Exactly. Uh, you know, and that's when you re- that's when you can stop thinking about the production and just accept the story. Yes. What happens with when you spend the money like that to make it look uh, period specific and time correct you can stop thinking about all the uh, trappings and just uh, embrace the story. Well, I was so looking, every, I was looking even at the, at the, at the sets of the apartment, the furniture, the, the, all that yeah. stuff was dead yeah. on. You know, it looked, That's uh, production uh, design. Looked, right. Even if they're like, yeah, exactly. They're in some apartment trying to cook up their scheme for, you know, robbing the place. It just, it all looks. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, is that, you know, he's a hell of a filmmaker. I'll tell you. Uh, Justine, what do you give this one? I have to say, Angela Bassett looks amazing. By the way, right? She's the same. Yeah, she literally, literally she literally same. looks the same. Just has white hair now. She's just buffer now. Because <laughs> words fine. Well, you know, we're not going to watch what's love got to do with it, but that's another great uh, biographical picture that you should see. And here. I think that's how she got so buffed was playing Tina Turner. Yeah, and she just <laughs> I yeah, think she had to. It's like she, she stayed. Buff. She picked one age and she stayed there. And then she yeah. got buff for for that movie, and she just stayed buff. Like yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Sure, uh, Justine, yeah. what do you give it? You give it a nine. Wow! Did you see that coming? I'm not gonna that say was a, a word. Punch. I'm not <laughs> even gonna. Right I'm not even yeah. gonna say a word, uh, John. Uh, it's a nine for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Nine, nine, nine across the board. Uh, you know, there's a. Uh, I don't know what keeps it from being a ten. Um, I know. I was asking myself, why isn't this a ten? I don't know. Sometimes it's just a gut feeling, but I Christ. think I just I was um I knew that there was still more time. Like I was actually looking at the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, did, I wasn't getting carried away. I was looking at the time. If I got lost in it, I would have gave it a ten, but I didn't get lost in it. You know what, Justine, I had to watch this in two parts. I didn't watch it all in one shot. I I, I divided I it, it in like two. fifteen parts. <laughs> Mm. I watched it in 15 parts, but I, like I told you, there were things that upset me, but I think the way Spike Lee filmed everything was great. It held my attention. It was yeah. better than most old films I've watched uh, or bi- mm. biographies. Um, yeah, there's a, it was great. It's very dynamic, the way it's shot, the way it's... And I think what happens, I think part of what it is for me is a lot of that exuberance and everything that you find in those early scenes... Kind of, ha- it has to settle down because he's changing and he's becoming more stoic and more introspective, and so the movie kind of slows down and becomes that as well. And so right. I think that there's definitely uh, a different energy as you move through the movie. But it's, again, it's necessary because, like John said, he's evolving and he's becoming, you know, a different person. And so the movie almost becomes something different as it moves along, which is a which is a credit to Spike Lee. 
for being able to yeah. pull that off and yeah. not and make it and not make it feel schizophrenic. It feels like it like it's you, the movie's changing along with with Malcolm X. Um, but it also makes it difficult if you're watching because there's not a lot of lightness in the second half of the movie. Once he makes no, his no, turn, no. there's not a lot of lightness, and you know there's not going to be because of of how it. Uh, how it has to end, but it's the same problem that 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 all the biographical pictures of uh, of 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 Martin Luther King are. You never see like a sense of humor, and you have to know that that a person like that has to have in in this situation. There had to be some humor. There had to be some something. Yeah. So there's not a lot of lightness to to because you know I think it's because the, the figures are so um, you know kind of uh, they're kind of elevated. In, in in public opinion, so it's it's hard to think of them as just sitting around joking around. You they're know. iconic. Yeah, they say that's the problem. Like when you do all the you know a movie like about a president or a statesman, they go, <laughs> or like a soldier, they say you're you're you don't want to film it like they're a marble statue. You have to somehow yeah. find. Uh, you know, like when they did Lincoln with Daniel Day Lewis, they said you've got to find a way in, so it's not like you're yeah, just. Wasn't he a vampire killer or something? That was that's true. Right. Yeah, he was. <laughs> A lot, like, a lot of people don't know that, Justine. Good for you. Find out later that he was a vampire. Mm -hmm. I said a lot of people don't know that, Justine. Good for you. Oh yeah. For bringing that up. See. Good for doing your homework. You know your history. <laughs> see. I know my history. Yep. See. That would be great if somebody like got that book. You know, somebody teaching history all of a sudden got that book and started teaching out of the book. And now we, we come to the chapter where he becomes a vampire hunter. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that would be great. I do. I they do. come home from school. Hey, mom, dad, today we learned that Lincoln was a vampire slayer. Well, what's great is that that started out as a book, and I always thought the book was 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 funny. I thought it was funny as a book. Yeah. But then they made a movie about it, and I'm like, oh, does it really need to be a movie? I thought because it, the movie cut, I think, missed all the. Uh, it was kind of like a sledgehammer. It was kind of like ham-fisted, you know? Yeah. It's like the fun of it was probably reading it and not actually seeing it, you Yes, know? because, you know, is it written like a Civil War journal? Is it, How is it written? How is it written? You yeah, know, that's all, exactly. that's part of the fun. We're getting off topic we get, here. Yeah. We're getting off topic. Uh, Justine, okay. what's... Oh, you know what? There, There is a slight change for next week. Uh, what, Justine, what do you have as far as... We can switch it around, though. I think we have matinee coming up. Yeah. Okay, matinee. And Groundhog Day. Okay, we'll keep matinee for next week, and then uh, Groundhog Day. We're actually going to do the week of. You have to push it. Yeah. So, in between Groundhog Day and uh, in between um, a matinee, which is one of John's favorites, and uh, and and Groundhog Day, we're going to add a little movie called Trespass. Trespass. With uh, I don't. I'm not familiar with that movie. It is John. It is the one of the strangest movies you'll ever see, uh, produced <laughs> by Robert Zemeckis. It stars mm. Bill Paxton. Uh, oh God, who's the other guy? Bill Paxton and um, I always forget the guy's name. Bill Paxton and character actor. Uh, 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 Has anyone else seen this? Wait, you're, wait till I tell you about it. Uh, there we go. I, I've seen it. Uh, well, I know you've seen it. <laughs> it is directed I've by it is directed by Walter Hill. All right. Huh. All right. Yeah. It stars Bill Paxton. William Sadler is the other guy. Bill okay. Paxton, William Sadler, Ice T, 
and and Ice Cube. Wow! And uh, it is a it is a it's a great little movie. It's it's pretty good. I think you'll like it. it but it's produced by Robert Zemeckis. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. I'm not going to give it away. But uh, trespass. You said you said Ice Cube was in it. I think you. I've never. Uh, I don't think I've ever even heard of this movie. Check yeah. it out, Walter Hill, man. You know your boy, Walter Hill. Justine directed Forty Eight Hours. Remember you watched the the Vox or what was it the the Voir the, on forty eight oh, hours? Also, also hard times with Charles Bronson. That's right. That's right. Trespass. Hard times, bad times. I was watching an interview and Nicolas Cage was in it because he was talking about the movie Pig, but he was talking about how men have to hide their feelings, and he he brought up Charles Bronson. Did you know that Charles Bronson was so poor that he wore his sister's clothes? He wore a dress, mm-hmm. which yeah. caused him to have such a harder look. Like, he had to be, like, so tough now with his personality. <laughs> Anyways, Nicolas Cage taught me that, so thank you, Nicolas Cage. Well, Charles Bronson's family were actually, like, coal miners. They were, like, poor coal miners. Really? He grew, yeah. He, he would have probably died in a coal mine if he hadn't gotten out and become an actor. He, you know? he actually had... Um, like a panic attacks on the set of the great escape making that because it reminded him of being um, like caved in. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably the one actor that knew what that was like to be down there, you know? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah. I'll you, say, and that's why he never considered acting. He's one of those guys that never considered acting hard work. Cause he says, no, no, no. If you've ever worked in a coal mine, that's hard work. Not sitting around, you know, waiting to go on with in front of the camera, you know? Yeah. Sitting around playing pretend for, yeah, kind of that's the thing. way he had to look at it. Was this is just not the same thing? A hard day at the office when you're an actor is not the same. Yeah, as when you're inside a coal mine. Somewhere. Oh, don't don't tell that to uh, tell that to one of these uh, method guys. All right, you, mm. you tell that to Brando. Method guy. Hey, mm. method, method guy. guy. <laughs> hey, you there, method guy. Hey, you. Hey, you. Hey, method hey, guy. Hey, Cumberbatch, not talking to me for th- th- for <laughs> three months. Yeah, hey, hey, you Cumberbun. <laughs> Cumberdick. Whoa! Uh, I, by the way, real, I'm going to tell you a joke after after my buddy Jake Jake that we talked about with the Taco Bell. He, he had something, but I'll tell you. Uh, okay, guys, next week we're going to watch Matinee. John is so excited about this. If you've never seen it, it's a treat. Uh, matinee, uh, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk. Hopefully, Patrick will be back. Is next it more week. lighthearted? It is super lighthearted. Thank oh you. Oh my god. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs> it is it is a love letter to some of the movies that we've watched here on the Digital Movie Club. And I won't say a thing. I don't want to oversell it, but you do get the great John Goodman. The great. Mm. Yeah. You oversold it. <laughs> yeah. I really didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, it's it's over. It's yeah, don't say a word, John. Don't say a word. Uh, don't say a word. Don't say a word. No, don't sing sticks. That's awful. Uh all right, guys. <laughs> For, sail away. Come yeah, sail come away. sail away. Come sail away. Come sail away. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Oh All right. Throwing you off track. I love Say you guys. Bye. I love you guys. <laughs> so for John, for Jake, for Justine, and for the absent Patrick, we say this transmission's in if this yeah, this transmission ends now. It sounds like I was gonna sneeze right there. Bless you. Uh fight the power. Uh what else do we say? Unity. Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>